Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Uh, before I get started, I want to ask, ask you all a question. Have you ever read something so fast that what you thought you read isn't at all what it said or meant? Anybody ever do that? Or maybe you read it right, but only a few words registered. Well, that's exactly what I did when I read Proverbs 18.8. What I thought it said was a whisk makes tasty food on the way to the stomach. (laughs) I'm like, hey, that's for me. I like food. But that's not what it said, and it has nothing to do with food. Good morning, City Light. How are we doing? Good. My name is Tim Ashley, and I have been given this very nervous, knee-knocking privilege by Chuck and Kenan to speak with you today. As I said, my name is Tim Ashley, and I'm lucky enough to be married to my wife, Jane. But who am I besides a man that wears a hat? I'm a father of four, grandfather to Tim, and a great-grandfather to five. As Chuck mentioned, I've been a member of City Light family for about six years or so. But my biggest honor is the privilege to teach City Light kids. I get to teach them about the love of Jesus and how he cares about them. I'm a member of River's Edge City Group. And by the way, if you're looking for a group to join, we meet here every Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Come check us out. No, I'm not ashamed of a shameless plug. <laughs> this is weird, Mike. <clears throat> you know, as I'm growing older, grayer, somewhat wiser, which could be debatable, I come to realize something. My parents weren't always honest with me. They told me things that weren't true. And I wonder just how many of you have been told some of these same stories growing up. Like, if you swallow gum, it's going to stay in your stomach for seven years. (laughs) Nah, that's not true. If you swallow watermelon seeds, a plant's going to grow in your stomach. No, that's not true. If you sit too close to the TV, it's going to ruin your eyes. Truth be told, most of us sit closer to our screens today than we ever did as kids growing up. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can never hurt you. How many of you remember hearing these words growing up? How many of you are still using these words today? 
<laughs> All right. I have a favorite saying I use from time to time. It comes from a, a Batman series from 1960s. I know some of you weren't even around then. But anyway, in 1960, when Batman had to duel the Joker, the Joker would pull off his caper, and he always left a card behind. When Batman got it, he'd flip it over, and it'd say something like this. Riddle me this. The less of them you have, the more one is worth. Do the Batcave. So this morning... Riddle me this, church. I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and I ruin lives. I'm cruel and malicious, and I gather strength with age. The more I'm quoted, the more I'm believed. I flourish at every, every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves because I have no face and no name. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I'm nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it's never the same. I'm nobody's friend. I topple governments and I ruin mess ruin marriages. I destroy careers and cause heartaches. And oh, those sleepless nights. I wreck churches and separate Christians. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. And I make innocent people cry on their pillows. Even my name hisses. So I ask you, who am I? I am gossip. For just a minute, let's go back to the last in truth when my parents told me, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can never hurt. Not true. It's not true at all. We usually get told this after someone says something mean to us, and we say this phrase to try to convince ourselves that it's just words at this time. They really don't matter. Words do matter. They matter a lot. Truth be told, wounds inflicted by sticks and stones heal pretty quickly. But word wounds, those last sometimes our entire lives. And my guess is that many of us still to this day remember when some hurtful thing was said to us or about us. Rather, if it was days ago, years, or even decades ago. Word wounds are the worst. All sins of the tongue are harmful. Profanity, insults, lying, complaints, and criticism. They're all harmful. But gossip? Gossip is by far the most damaging sin. Gossip has destroyed more people tarnished more reputations, broken more friendships, and split more churches than any other sin that I'm aware of. And the worst part about it is we excuse or ignore the sin as, many, as much as any others. 
People might confess to adultery, pride, theft, even murder. But no one confesses to gossip. Now might be a good time to define gossip. Gossip is a conversation or idle talk about other people for no other reason than to share information. The nature of gossip is it's quickly told, it's quickly heard, it's quickly spread. And the worst part is it's quickly believed, even in the even in the case it's not true. Gossip is destructive and counterproductive in building the kingdom of God. Gossip can easily put wedges between a community and it can divide a group. God's words warns us about the power of gossip and its destructive effects over and over again. In fact, between the Old and New Testament, we are told 133 times not to gossip. And we are warned of its effects it has on one another. <clears throat> Jesus also warns us about the sins of the tongue. In Matthew twelve thirty six. I tell you, men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. In the book of Proverbs 18.8, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. In Hebrew, the word whisper means one who gossips. And it's usually combined, there goes a pencil, it's usually combined with behaviors like complaining, criticism, fault-finding, and causing trouble. So why is Jesus so opposed to this particular behavior? It's because when we hear gossip and we're complaining, it's like that dainty morsel to you. If you would think of gossip like your worst craving for a food that you know you shouldn't eat, but just one little bite, it's not going to hurt you. So you take a bite. In the contemporary English version of the Bible, it reads like this, Proverb 18.8. There's nothing so delicious as a taste of gossip. It melts in your mouth. For me, it's that freshly baked, warm, dunk glazed donut from Krispy Kreme. That's my version of a dainty morsel. I can resist it for a time, but my ability to resist it is somewhat limited. Now, if you were to offer me a pile of mushrooms, well, <laughs> the ability to resist, resist it's not so much power as it's not really one in the first place. But gossip is like that donut. It's tasty. It's delicious. I just love it. Gossip is so easy for us to fall into, but yet it's so hard to resist. We just love to gossip. Consider your own response to someone who says, did you hear about so-and-so? Or, I can't believe what I heard the other day about so-and-so. These kind of statements are difficult to resist. The very thought 
The very thought of knowing something about someone else that is supposed to be kept a secret is something very difficult to resist. If we admit it or not, we have a fascination with gossip. That's why the talk shows and the media outlets are so popular. Proverbs 18.8 says, gossip is that tasty morsel that we like to savor. Gossip is like a fudge sundae with bluebell ice cream. Gossip is like Paula's large soft peanut butter cookies. Gossip is like peach cobbler with real whipped cream. Gossip is like a T-bone steak, a lobster, and a baked potato on the side. Gossip is like that all-you-can-eat buffet with the dessert bar. (laughs) We just can't get it up. The other reason why this sin is so dangerous is that when we hear hear these things, Scripture tells us that it goes into the inner parts of our body. That's why this is so dangerous and it's so difficult to control. Gossip actually buries itself into our hearts and into our minds which can result in bitterness, hurt, and anger. And when we listen to it, we're opening ourselves up to that. We're opening ourselves up for hurt and anger and rage to live in our hearts. Yet in the book of Ephesians 4.31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every other form of malice. Gossip is always trouble. It obscures the truth. It drives us away from God. Gossip ruins reputations. Gossip creates division in relationships. And gossip actually starts to change us. When we listen to gossip, we tend to focus on the criticism and the fault-finding complaints that the gossiper is throwing at us. And after we hear these things we unfortunately start looking at that person differently. We look at the victim differently. Through all that, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. In just a few seconds... Gossip can ruin friendships that took years to build. Not only does it ruin friendships, but gossip can ruin, or gossip can do great harm to the church. People leave churches when they believe gossip. People leave churches when they've been wounded by gossip. Churches have split over gossip, started by a single person. Proverbs 6 16 through 19 tells us that there are some sins that God hates. Six are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him. That's haughty eyes, a lion tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises a wicked plan, feet that make haste to run to evil, false witnesses who breathe out lies, and one who sows discord amongst brothers. But the sin he hates the most is anyone who causes family members to fight. What about the victims? 
What about the victims of gossip? Those who are being gossiped about. It can be downright painful. If you've been there before, can you remember how you felt? Not only do you not forget, but it's impossible to ignore. Gossip can not only destroy relationships, but it can destroy people. Especially in today's world with TikToker and Facebook and all the other social media stuff out there. Oh, it's TikTok. I'm sorry. It's TikTok, not TikToker. <laughs> I don't use it, so sorry about that. Anyway, with all the media stuff going on out there, it's even worse. Because you can say something bad about somebody and then hide behind your keyboard or you can hide behind your, your computer screen. Yet the ramifications of your words are even more widespread. James 3, 6 through 8 tells us, The words you speak spread like wildfire. You can't control it. You can't unsay it. You can't unread it. And you can't unhear it. It's a deadly poison that spreads. And all the while, all the while, that person's self-confidence, their self-esteem, and identity is being destroyed. This destruction can lead to depression, eating disorders, drug usage, alcohol use or abuse, or worse, suicidal thoughts, or suicide itself. There's an old saying that the gossiper is the devil's postman, that the flames of hell ignites gossip, and Satan is behind all gossip, whether it's directly or indirectly. And when we listen to gossip, we give the devil a foothold into our lives. And when we speak gossip, we are speaking as Satan wants us to speak. This is where, this is where we need to pray Psalms 141.3. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Amen. So how do we deal with this sin? First, we need, first, we recognize that gossip harms at least three people. The one speaking, the one hearing, and the one that's being gossiped about. If we just refuse to participate in gossip yourself, when someone starts to gossip, it's okay to tell them straight out, I don't want to hear any gossip. I don't want to hear it. <clears throat> when someone persists, you can say something like, well, brother, sister, are you speaking badly about fill in the blank? Is this even true? Have you spoken to him about this? Just as it takes two to tangle, it takes two to gossip. Listening is just as crucial for sharing as gossip is to take place. Proverbs 26.20 tells, 
that the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. James 3 said that gossip can start a fire. But Proverbs tells us that a fire can easily be snuffed out when a single person refuses to participate. Not only should we not use words to destroy, but replace gossip with prayer and use our words to build up one another. When we have the urge to gossip about someone, our hearts and our minds are telling us we have a choice. We have a choice to make. And in this brief moment, we make this choice. We have two paths, blessings or curses. We can show mercy and offer blessings to others, but we can show judgment and offer a curse. The choice is ours. We can gossip or we can pray. So what do we do? Do we tear down or we build up? If you don't say it, they can't repeat it. The tongue is literally a weapon that can be used for good or evil. There's no in-between. When we gossip, our tongue is used for evil. And when we pray, our tongue is used for good. A guy by the name of Leonard Ravenwood once wrote, you notice we never pray for the folks we gossip about, and we never gossip about the folks that we pray for. Prayer is a great deterrent from gossiping. And of course, we're reminded of this and we're reminded of this in Jesus' own death. The very plot to kill Jesus began with murmuring and gossip of the Pharisees. Luke 5:30, the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat? and drink with tax collectors and sinners. This was a common response to Jesus' ministry. The grumbling, stodgy religious men, they began to talk about Jesus amongst themselves. And with that grumbling, they began to put together a scheme, a scheme to kill the Son of God. And as their plan came to fruitation and Jesus was sentenced to die, he was mocked, he was scorned, he was made fun of, embarrassed, and rejected. And his response on the cross was to pray for these same people and offer them grace. The reality, brothers and sisters, we've all have gossiped about somebody. And we've all have been gossiped about. So here's the good news. If you... <laughs> that's a good start. <laughs> so here's the good news for you. If you've been a gossiper, Jesus offers you forgiveness. He offers forgiveness for you. <clears throat> Jesus' death on the cross is an opportunity for you to be forgiven for the destruction your words have caused. And now, 
you can hear the restorative words of the Father spoken over you. You are mine. In a few moments, excuse me, in a few minutes, y'all say minutes, in a few minutes we will take communion. And I'm always reminded of Matthew 26, 26 through 28. Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it. All of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Come, take communion as we remember what Jesus has done for us. And if you're not sure who Jesus is, just sit and pray and ask Jesus to search your heart for whatever's holding you back from accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.